Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. This is the Eagle Hour with Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, and Michael Morgan from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. It's the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour, and we're glad you're with us. Former baseball pitcher for the Golden Eagles, Mike Cashin, is going to be joining the show here in just a couple of moments. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald on the show also because, of course, it is Thursday. First segment, though, sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, a proud supporter of Southern Miss Athletics. You can always enjoy their great meats. They smoke them every day in-house. They'll cater any event, large or small. So the next time you have something planned, we encourage you to let Dickey's do the cooking. You just won't find better barbecue anywhere. Smoked here, loved everywhere. Dickey's Barbecue Pit, a proud supporter of USM Athletics. And we're glad you're with us this afternoon. Always enjoy talking Southern Miss sports. Uh, and before we bring our guests on, I don't know if uh, maybe you saw this, Michael or Luke, but the Golden Eagles actually made Fox News this morning. There was apparently a oh gosh a situation. This was all right. No, uh, it was good. A was situation good. where a foul ball comes off a bat and goes directly into the lens of a camera, uh, filming the, or videotaping the game. So it was our moment of fame on Fox News. We squeezed, That's not bad. yeah, we squeezed it in between the that, uh, the meetings in Korea and the show circus that's taking place in Congress. Southern Miss baseball, right in the middle, big time. <laughs> that was uh, that, that was Charlie Fisher's uh, like his ten ten pitch at bat, and actually uh, the the student uh, videographer that that the camera got a hit. She actually brought it up in the press box and showed Jack because I think the lens got shattered on it. Yeah, that was uh, boy, it was smoking too. Whose paycheck does that come out of? Those things aren't cheap. No, no. Jack's. Okay. Jack's. Jack, and Jack's got plenty of money. All right, our first guest knows a lot about uh, Southern Miss baseball. He was an outstanding pitcher for the Golden Eagles from 04 to 07. Uh, pitched 130 innings, struck out 118 batters in 36 games out of Clinton, Mississippi and Clinton High School. We welcome Mike Cashin to the Eagle Hour. Mike, uh, good to have you on the show, man. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. All right, so let me ask you this uh, out of the gate. Golden Eagles are really struggling right now to hit the ball. And yet, as you know, they've, they've been a big-time hitting team. But uh, we had a, another co-host on the show earlier this week talking about how at this time of the year it's not unusual because the pitchers are so far ahead of the batters that sound reasonable to you yeah that's actually uh that's actually pretty on par it's you know it's early in the season 
Uh, hitting's very much a, a momentum uh, type of uh, type of event for the team, so it's not uncommon for the pitchers to have a little bit of a head start. Not to mention that it's a little bit colder this time of year, uh, so the bats slow down a little bit. Uh, the ball doesn't come off the bat quite as hot as it does in the summertime months, so uh, it's definitely a little bit more advantageous for the pitchers during the early months of the season. I'm guessing you like a pitcher-dominated game. I do. <laughs> I do. I can't, <laughs> I, I can't deny that. All right, Mike, tell us about your journey from Clinton to Southern Miss. Well, um, you know, I, I, I wrapped up my uh, my high school uh, seasons in about 2003, and, and I was actually signed with Meridian Community College early in the uh, in the signing period, and uh, was lucky enough to to be recruited by Coach Burrows, uh, Coach Lane Burrows, and uh, took one tour of the of the the facilities and the school, and got to visit a game and come on for a visit, and uh, it, I was just sold from there. It was uh, it was really incredible, you know, the atmosphere, just the fans, the the whole environment, the the, the baseball that they were breeding, everything really was on par uh, with what I wanted to do with my college career. So I, I really just. Uh, you know, I made the decision that, uh, that I was going to forego the Meridian scholarship and, and decided to come play for uh, for Southern Miss, and it was by far uh, mm-hmm. the best decision I made for sure. Uh, you, you talk about the uh, atmosphere. Uh, we were talking earlier this week to a coach from Gonzaga, who's uh, obviously who's coming in here this weekend. He was talking about that. Uh, you know, they thought they drew pretty well. They got a thousand, fifteen hundred people to a game, and and that they really uh, liked playing in different atmospheres. They're going to get a real different atmosphere here Friday night, aren't they, Mike? Oh, they are. They are. I, I, I know that back in my – when I was playing, we were averaging about 35, you know, 3,600 fans a game. I know that that's uh, probably significantly started to increase with the uh, the way Southern Miss baseball has been performing as of late. Uh, the right field roost has become, uh, you know, even larger than it was when I was there. So he, they're definitely in for a, a different experience if that's what they're looking for. How how big is that atmosphere and the Southern Miss following for players, Mike? It's huge. Uh, it's huge. It, it really is. It's you know, players feed off of that type of environment, uh, whether they admit it or not. It's you know, it, it's there's something different about being in front of those types of fans, being in front of that many fans. You know, being in that kind of environment where all the fans are engaged, everybody's really paying attention. They're not just there for a social event; they're really there to support the team, uh, and that really that really feeds the fuel for the players, and and you know, really gets them going, and they really want to perform for the fans. A big change from high school in most cases, correct? Very big. <laughs> yeah, I went from about fifty to one hundred fans a game to to close to you know, like I said, thirty five, thirty six hundred fans a game. All right, Luke. Mike Cashin, good to talk to you. Luke, it's been a long Johnson, time. How are you, my man? It has been a long time. I'm good, good man. Good to talk to you. Yeah, bro. Bob, this is one of my guys back in the day, man. Uh, <laughs> I, Cashin will remember this. Every uh, every Monday, I think it was, we had that Bible study at the BSU, and I was the lone football player, but there was about 30 of you guys in there. Talk <laughs> about the, the family atmosphere you guys had. I mean, you talk about when you came in as a freshman, you got Hoff and you got Shep, you got Frith. Velasquez, uh, Russum, Big John. That was just some characters, man. But you guys just were one big family over there at the Pete. Yeah. It, it, you know, you couldn't have said it better. The, the, the folks that were on the team when we came in uh, couldn't have had a better group of mentors, a better group of guys. I mean, they were really the foundation of, of what Southern Miss baseball is today. And, uh, you know, that stems from the fact that they, they really just took everybody in, the freshmen, any of the transfers, it, it's just they took them under their wing. 
you know, the, everybody, we spend so much time together, and you really do just become a family. You know, you're, you're together during the fall, you're together during the spring, and, you know, it, it, the type of people that we recruit at Southern Miss, the type of players that we get, um, really is, is a testament to the type of, of environment that we are breeding there. Uh, and it all stems from those types of folks that really just took everybody under their wing, showed them the way, and really encouraged them to be freshman players uh, right out the gate. Got several questions for you. I want to, I want to ask you uh, about that freshman start in the conference USA tournament against Memphis. Uh, you went seven innings, no runs, eight strikeouts. Was was it at that moment when you said, "Man, uh, I, I'm a college pitcher uh, and and I can I'm here to stay." I, you know what? It didn't hurt. That's for sure. <laughs> it was uh, you know that was that, that was one of my most uh, you know fond memories of my freshman year for sure. It was. You know, as I recall, we had uh, we had just wrapped up a game against Tulane. Prior to that, we had thrown a bunch of arms at Tulane and come away with the win. And we just uh, we really needed to to uh, limit the amount of arms that we threw against Memphis and and um, push us over the edge for the next game, for the next hurdle. And I, I took it as a personal challenge and um, you know wanted to do my part for the team. And it was really uh, it was really a special special game for me because you're right it really did kind of solidify the fact that hey I can compete with anybody here in any kind of environment yeah um, and, and I'm really I was really excited from then on to kind of continue pursuing that. Got to ask you about this uh, because you you started 2005 really dominant. I mean you were you were dealing and I was talking to Trey Sutton earlier about just how dominating you were there in 2005. You get injured, you got to have Tommy John, and uh, what what was that like? You trying to get back for the 07 season? Uh, it was very very difficult. Probably really one of the most difficult things even to this day that I've done in my life. Um, you know, it was I was really in the midst of just finding my stride uh, as a as a starting pitcher for for the team, and really uh, felt like I was doing my part and carrying my weight. And um, I was really excited for what the season was holding, and and looked very promising. And uh, you know, the game I got hurt, ironically, I was having one of my better games against one of the best hitting teams in the conference in East Carolina. Um, I had thrown four innings and had eight strikeouts through four innings, and and was just I was feeling it and. Next thing I know, the you know the elbow starts going and my velocity drops about ten miles an hour and something's just very very off and, and cutters behind the plate and um, you know he pulls me over to the side and asks me if everything's okay and uh, I hadn't really realized I didn't really feel it didn't really understand it until I went back out the next inning and that's when I really knew something was wrong but it was difficult coming back from it um, it was a long rehab process and it's um, you know mentally it was a very long rehab process as well uh, never really fully recovered from it uh, as as my career kind of showed but. Um, you know, did what we could and, and came back from what we could, and, and it was uh, it was quite a journey. Best quirky story you got? We may run up against a hard break, and uh, if if we do, we'll we'll get you back later on. But but Corky was was really fun to play for, wasn't he? He was. Corky was a character, and he was uh, he, he never bit his tongue. He always told you how it was. I've got quite a few stories for Corky. Uh, you know, I've been chased <laughs> off the mound in front of a bunch of people of Mississippi State when I walked the bases loaded at home. My freshman year comes to mind. That was uh, that was uh, quite the tongue lashing I received. All right, Mike. Look, we're out of time, unfortunately. I appreciate you being on the show very much, and uh, thanks so much for your time. Good conversation with you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, Mike Cash and everybody, former Golden Eagle pitching star on the Eagle Hour. Patrick McGee, I guess he's a star as well. He'll be next. They will.
Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks to Mike Cashin for joining us in the first segment of the show. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Campus Bookmart, of course, with the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere. Clothing, household items, car accessories, tailgate supplies. If you're in town, visit them on Hardy Street. If you're not, just go to CampusBookmart.net. And uh, pick out your Southern Miss swag. They will deliver it right to your front door. Quick reminder, Eagle Hour on the road tomorrow. We'll be broadcasting uh, from 4th Street Bar and Grill, our newest proud sponsor of the show. Invite you to stop by for lunch or dinner every day or enjoy the full bar and multiple TVs that they show USM as much as possible at 4th Street Bar and Grill. It's a huge, they're huge Golden Eagle supporters, and uh, we want to thank them for their support of this show and look forward to having uh, lunch there tomorrow and uh, broadcasting the Eagle Hour from uh, our new, the location of our newest sponsor. That uh, that will be fun. Patrick McGee is not going to be with us. Uh, we understand Patrick will be down in uh, Louisiana, probably, or the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, Mardi Gras on this weekend. But we have him captured now uh, for the next couple of segments. And, uh, Professor, how are you? I'm doing great. How about y'all? Well, we're good. All right, Professor, lots to talk to you about. Let's start with baseball on a scale of 1 to 10. How concerned should Southern Miss fans be with a three-game losing streak? Mm, about a two. I mean, it's, it's it's just one of those things. They played a tough schedule up to this point. UNO came in pretty hot. I think that was their sixth win in a row. Uh, just the bats have kind of fallen silent, and it does that you know, throughout the course of the season a time or two. It's just kind of here early in the season and we all know this team as it's you know put together can hit the baseball and and they've certainly got the pitching it's really if there's really one area you're concerned about is just the defense uh you want more consistent play out of that but uh really uh, it's it's early they're four and three so there's nothing to panic about right. patrick analyzed the series against mississippi state two one run game state uh gets off to an early start in the Saturday game, and, and really I think it's fair to say just outplayed USM Saturday. But uh, both games, Friday and uh, Sunday, very close. And uh, y- your thoughts about that series between those two really quality ball teams? Uh, I, I think overall, if you're a Southern Miss fan, you're pretty happy with the pitching guide. I know Stevie Powers had a, a bumpy outing, but overall it was a pretty good weekend. The bats weren't there. Uh, for much of the uh, weekend, I think they woke up a little bit on Sunday. Uh, but they're also not going to face pitching like that uh, week in, week out. I mean, State may have three of them, but may have the most talented pitching rotation or one of the most talented pitching rotations in the SEC and really nationwide. So mm-hmm. I don't think there's really uh, much to worry about coming off of that series. So the Miss easily could have won that two out of three. Uh, they, you know, <laughs> Walker Powell on Friday night, I, I thought he was outstanding. Uh, I think he kind of showed that he can be that Friday night guy that can uh, maybe get close to double-digit wins or something like that this season. So uh, you want a little bit more consistency uh, out of your starters, you know, with with, uh, powers kind of getting knocked around. But uh, they're just not going to face talent like that week in and week out. Uh, This weekend is really important for Southern Miss to at least get a series uh, victory. But uh, overall, I think Southern Miss just got got beaten by a little bit better, you know, a little bit more talented baseball team there in Starkville. Mm Fair to say Gonzaga is not Mississippi State when it comes to talent. No, but they made the postseason a year ago. I think they played in the Minnesota Regional, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team that will you know, challenge Southern Miss. Uh, I think it was a 
one of those good, uh, uh, I think Scott Berry and company did a good job of putting together a non-conference schedule this year to, to start out with Purdue, Mississippi State, and Gonzaga is a uh, pretty good way to get going. So this is, this is not a series that Southern Miss can take, grant, take for granted at all. They've got to clean up defensively, don't they? Yeah, uh, you want more consistent play really across the board and out of your infield. Uh, it's, you know, it, at times we've seen this uh, where the defense kind of bites Southern Miss. You look back to the uh, 2017 conference tournament where they kind of booted around and in that regional uh, there in, in Hattiesburg, they didn't play that great a defense, especially on that last day. There's, it just seems like it kind of comes in waves uh, for Southern Miss defensively, and you see them eventually work their way out of it. Uh, but but right now they're just kind of in a funk at the plate and in the field. Right, Luke. Patrick, a couple questions about uh, the offense. I asked Bob um, this yesterday. What with Blaylock injured right now? How do you see three, four, five, even six, seven, the way it needs to be in order to protect Walner so that he can have pitches to hit? Well, I mean that's just it. You don't really have. Uh, that consistent guy behind Walner. I mean, before you had Slater and guys like that, they can kind of back him up. I mean, Walner was in a great situation last year with Reynolds in front of him and Slater behind him. Uh, and Slater's hit the ball fairly well early in the season out of the three-hole. Uh, somebody's got to kind of step up as that fifth guy in the five-hole and, and really prove themselves. Uh, I think Blaylock showed glimpses of uh, being able to do that there against Purdue. So, I, you know, it, it is it does stink right now. I'm not sure what, what Blaylock's status is at the moment. Uh, it's, uh, you know, somebody's got to step up. I think LeBlanc is, and some of these young guys have hit the ball pretty well. Uh, Fisher, maybe we see some, some one of these younger guys step up and give uh, Southern Miss a little bit of a, you know, a five-hole or a six-hole guy. Uh, somebody's got to do that more consistently. I, it, it's one of those It's early in the season, and, and as we go along, you know, certain players will get identified and how they best uh, suit. You know, fit in the lineup and, and where they should, what position they should be in. So, uh, still plenty of baseball ahead, and, and this this will all shake out, and eventually the runs will start to come in bunches. I, it, this this team just isn't going to hit as well as they have the last two years because just because both those lineups the last two seasons were just loaded. But there's still plenty of talent, plenty of guys that can hit a baseball. Uh, that Southern Miss shouldn't have much of an issue in the long run. One of the things that I was concerned about the last uh, in the first seven games is the amount of strikeouts. We're averaging right under mm, ten yeah. strikeouts a game. I did the math. Uh, the, right at four hundred ninety-five three years ago, uh, or two years ago, uh, right at it was like five twenty last year. They're on pace for like five thirty this year. So it's 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 roughly the same. And I guess with power comes that way. And and so mm-hmm. I'm kind of like you. Don't you know? We just need to calm down um, just a little bit. Let me let me switch to, to pitching. Um, I told Bob this the other day. If you'd have told me right now that the bullpen, uh, if you'd have told me two weeks ago that the bullpen would be the strength of this team right now, I would have chuckled just a little bit. But man, they've been just lights out the last uh, several appearances. Yeah, well, there was, uh, they've got a bunch of guys that have thrown a lot of innings. And uh, Ryan Ock, I, I think, was really, really impressive against Mississippi State. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, uh, put him in the same breath of a Nick Sandlin whenever he's only thrown two or three ball games. But I, I think he's got that kind of potential. He's got a, a fastball that runs up there pretty uh, pretty good, and he's from that left side really hitting his spot. And it's really effortless the way he throws the, the baseball. You know, you're just kind of watching it, and you see the radar gun, and you're like, wow, I, how does he get that out of, you know, that windup? Uh, so he's pretty impressive. And overall, I think J.C. Keyes was hitting 95 on the uh, radar gun at, at Starkville. 
uh, overall, it's a really good bullpen and one of the best. It, it, it you know if Southern Miss really goes far this season, it's going to be on the strength of its pitching and and being able to get clutch hits out of guys like Walner. Uh, but right now, you, you just got that pitching guys uh, uh, carrying the day while the bats just aren't there yet. So overall, a lot of a lot of guys they can throw out there that give them quality innings. And I think Alex Nelms, uh last couple of weeks has really shown proven himself. I think what two uh, three inning outings, both scoreless. Uh, I think they're probably going to have to find a way to get him in the uh, whether it's the Sunday or the midweek role. I think Alex Nelms is going to have a big say in how good this team can be. So, Luke, did we just hear uh, the professor compare Ock to Nick Sandlin? Is, is he the next Nick Sandlin? Uh, gently, it yeah. was a, it was a gentle. He said there was parts of it. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of dangerous, yeah. Patrick. But but I'll give you a mulligan on that one if you want to correct the way you said that. <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, I'm just saying as the, I remember Nick as a freshman, where he could be an impact guy, and I'm comparing it more that uh, Ock can be that kind of an impact guy, but. Uh, Sandlin, of course, overall career. I mean, that's you, you got a yeah, lot of work ahead to be that guy. I hope you're right, Patrick. I'm not making fun of you. Nobody'd be happier <laughs> than me to to see that that come to uh, to reality. Uh, who's the Sunday pitcher, Patrick? That, that's another thing the Golden Eagles have got to sort out. Yeah, we're still uh, Mason Strickland. Of course, went this past Sunday. They haven't announced uh, officially announced yet who the stars are, unless I've missed it. Y'all haven't seen that, have you? I have not. No, we um, haven't. Yeah, yeah. So we're still waiting on that. It's been TBA here recently, and, and then kind of uh, midway through. I, I think it's one of those things to where uh, if they need Mason Strickland on a Friday night, they'll go ahead and use him. Uh, but if you know he's still free on Saturday, I think they might hold him until Sunday. Uh, so Mason Strickland's just going to be that guy that kind of fits in. Uh, you know, I'm not. A, you know, I'm kind of of the belief that go ahead and put him in that starter role because you've got enough arms in that bullpen. Uh, to where you know you, you don't have to really uh, uh, save him or use him early in the weekend. I think I would say go ahead and sell him in as the Sunday guy. So odd to have this conversation about the strength of the bullpen and and the team's going to win on pitching when we're so used to seeing a baseball team that maybe at times the bullpen frightened you a little bit, mm-hmm. but you just thought the Golden Eagles could outscore most of their opponents, Patrick. Yeah, it's 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 a different team. This is a new season. And it's still a team trying to kind of find its identity. You saw that at the Purdue, you know, if you're there at the Purdue series, you're thinking, well, this team is going to be somewhat similar, you know, with less hitting and better pitching. But now it's kind of uh, pitching heavy and a struggling defense and really hits aren't there. So this team has still got to find itself. All right, Patrick, hang on. We'll talk a little basketball with you on the other side of the break. That cool? Sure, sure. Patrick McGee, everybody. Biloxi Sun Herald. Quick reminder, you can get the Eagle Hour Now podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can listen to Patrick all night long. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by the best chicken in the world, Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, located all across the state of Mississippi, but especially in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Mississippi. Stop by your local Raisin Cane's. 
and enjoy that delicious chicken. Raising Cane's, one love. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, Michael Mergens from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. We continue with Patrick McGee of the Biloxi Sun-Herald. And Patrick, before we get to basketball, uh, you got a brand new article up on uh, Buster Faulkner, the new offensive coordinator, the new we should say co-offensive coordinator because earlier this week, Scotty Walden also uh, with that title from uh, head coach Jay Hobson. So what you got, you, you got really three OCs on the staff now with Stanchek coming over from Alcorn. Uh, could be a really, really good mix if everybody can uh, you know work uh, well. I think the Eagles could, could be really good offensively. Your take on Faulkner, Walden, and then Stanchek in there also. Well, I, I think Faulkner will still carry the title of, of offensive coordinator. It's kind of become this little uh, deal where uh, in college football to where they'll they'll give co-offensive coordinator or co-defensive coordinator uh, to somebody else. It's kind of like uh, Tim Billings, he's defensive coordinator, and then Derek Nicholson, he's co- uh, co-defensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, Faulkner will be kind of running the show with a lot of input from uh, Walden and and, uh, and Stanchek. I think it's a pretty good mix when you look at it on face. These are three guys that have – uh, uh, you know, experiences play callers, and and they can work together on this. You know, Faulkner's got a little bit more is a little bit more established. Uh, you know, with his time at Middle Tennessee and Arkansas State, and, uh, and you know, he got started at a young age. I guess he was probably like 26 whenever he was an offensive coordinator at uh, Valdosta State. Uh, so he's been calling. He's only 37, but he's been around a while, and and I think he's you know probably got a good mix of experience, whether it's under uh, Rick Stock still or Blake Anderson. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I think it's obvious that you want to see uh, that he wants to see a more balanced offense uh, coming in. Uh, you know, you'll see a lot of run pass option uh, uh, for you know for those quarterbacks to decide, and uh, it's kind of you know he's still kind of piecing the puzzle uh, together, and and he wants everybody to kind of come out and compete this spring. He's not going to hand the ball you know over to Jack Abraham or whoever it's going to be, whoever's going. To, Whoever's starting, whoever's first string coming out of the spring practice will have had to have earned it. Do you think that that depth chart, once it comes out of spring, uh, do you think Faulkner's a guy that will keep that and we won't be playing guess who three weeks into spring practice or fall practice? <laughs> no, that's, that's going to be – Hobson likes to play that game. So, uh, it's you know, that's just the way Jay Hobson is. He's not always going to be clear on who it is. I mean, uh, it, you know, he <laughs> – you know, it, it's pretty obvious who the starter is, but Jay just doesn't want to come out and say it because he wants to have the other guy give the other guy something to think about, or or maybe has a message message to send to some players. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think that's going to change under Faulkner. All right, Patrick, let's switch gears, talk a little hoops. You know, this bothers me. The basketball team was just rolling; they're playing mm-hmm. twice a week. Now we get into this end-of-the-season scheduling, and, and the games are so far apart, it's almost like basketball season is over. Uh, obviously not, but certainly that's a momentum killer for a team like Southern Miss. Am I wrong? It, no, you're not wrong. I mean, it, it does kind of get teams off schedule. Uh, it, I, I I don't know how long this will last. This may be a one-season thing. I, I don't know. Uh, but I kind of felt bad for the basketball team losing the UAB. I mean, that, that was a game – uh, that they had, but the uh, UAB got, you know, bounces a three-pointer off the top of the backboard and in. The next thing you know, you're going overtime. So, uh, you know, if I'm a Southern Miss fan, I'm not too concerned. UAB's playing pretty well right now, and they just caught a break there late in regulation and managed to pull it out in overtime. So, 
this is a the one if not the toughest you know one of the toughest if not the toughest uh, road trips in conference USA to go up to Western Kentucky and this is on a Sunday so it, it just the days are you know it, it's just kind of upside down right now when these games are being played and uh, I, I guess they move it to the move you know playing on odd days now based on TV and giving more teams to kind of figure out travel and stuff like that but mm-hmm. uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm like you it's the, the more I see it the more the less it makes sense. And Western Kentucky, I, I saw them here. I thought they were a really talented team. That's a that's a tough assignment for the Golden Eagles. Yeah, uh, Western Kentucky in the front court ha- will have the advantage. Uh, Basie, the uh, big, uh, big freshman, uh, is probably you know maybe a one season guy only. Uh, so they're you know they're going to have advantage in the front court where Southern Miss has its advantages at the point and just being a, a little bit more experienced backcourt. So. Uh, Southern Miss could have easily beaten Western in the Hattiesburg, and Southern just didn't play very well that game. Mm-hmm. Remember, they just didn't make their shots in the first mm-hmm. half. Uh, going up there, I give Southern Miss a decent chance of winning. Uh, remains to be seen. But Western Kentucky, they're they're a, maybe a more talented team, but they're younger and less experienced. And this is all. This is just all for seeding in the tournament. Am I correct about this? That's basically what they're doing now. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, Old Dominion essentially has it locked up. I think UTSA is the only other team. Uh, that can that can be the number one seed going into the conference tournament. Uh, I think it'll be tough for them to do that, though. Uh, Old Dominion looks to be in good shape to be the one seed. So, yeah, really what you want is to be one of the top four seeds uh, so you can get a bye in the first round. So uh, mm-hmm. if you're Southern Miss, you're just wanting to be one of those top four teams and not be that fifth team. Uh, out of this, out of this uh, uh, seating, out of this pod. Right. And, and what do you think the Golden Eagles have to do from here out in order to get some postseason play? I guess, I guess their best shot would be the NIT, short of winning the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I just think the NIT would be really tough. I mean, Southern Miss would really have to get on a hot streak and and win the rest of these games here in the regular season, and then. Uh, maybe go to the title game of the conference tournament, and maybe they would get some consideration at that point. Uh, to me, really, their only path at this point is to uh, win the conference tournament and get an NC two A that yeah. way. I think that's really their only path to the postseason. Right. Uh, if they had beaten UAB, I would give them a little bit better chance of getting an IT. But uh, there's just there's there's some losses on the schedule that just aren't going to look good. And that net rating that they have now, I think Southern Miss is around what one twenty, one seventeen, mm-hmm. and that's just that's, that they're not going to be able to improve on that enough. Uh, so this mm-hmm. seeding, uh, this this whatever the hell, like, you know, the bonus play or whatever, it's not going to help out Southern Miss much. I don't think. Has Doc Sadler secured uh, secured himself for another few years here? Or do you think that's still up in the air? Yeah, I think this this season gives him an extension. I, I think they this team he put together is a really solid team. Uh, I, I think Doc Sadler has done a great job, and I think mm-hmm. they'll win some more ball games. I, you know, I, I, I expect them to play well going into the conference tournament because they're going to know it's pretty much you know if they don't win it, they're out. I think the big question is since they actually did lose a game, does Doc show up Sunday back in the traditional suit, or does he continue the uh, Doc Sadler fashion statement, Patrick? I I don't know. I mean, Doc is a guy that likes to be comfortable. He does not, you know, <laughs> he he does not really care much about what you think about his, uh, his clothing right. collection. So I expect Doc to be in, in, in comfort mode once again. He was visiting with us uh, the Friday night of the Purdue baseball game, and he was very comfortable, I can tell you. <laughs> he, he did not come concerned about what anyone thought about his apparel that night. Right, right, right. <laughs> All right, you got anything else for the professor before we let him go to Mardi Gras, Luke? 
Uh, I, let's let's give him uh, the the last few minutes off and let him get a head start. Uh, you have a good time, Patrick, and uh, you know stay out of trouble so you can be back on the show next week. All right, I'll I'll be well behaved. I'll All be right, honest. enjoy yourself, Professor. The professor from the Biloxi Sun Herald, Patrick McGee, can't thank Patrick enough for his contributions to the show from the very first week uh, that we put the show on the air. I want to remind you again, we're back on the road tomorrow. We'll be at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We invite you to come by if you'd like to have lunch and, and meet the famous Luke Johnson. I mean, <laughs> that would be worth the price of lunch right there. Uh, 4th Street uh, hosting us tomorrow. Really looking forward to that. And it is a pre-birthday party uh, for our friend Luke Johnson as well. You are coming, right? Yeah, I appreciate you. You know, you promoting it that way. I might get you know some one dollar handshakes tomorrow. Yeah. It, it, would it be tacky if if I put uh, you know pin like a one dollar bill or a five dollar bill to my shirt during the remote tomorrow? Is that tacky? <laughs> I think it might be a little bit. But Kelly's going to be there, so we're already tacky. It, it doesn't matter. I, mean, I think you. That's go ahead right. And yeah. You could. And uh, I think it would be a yeah. good gesture uh, for both you and Michael to uh, to give me a twenty dollar bill and start the. Start the money pile. On, well, I'm on not going to be the there. Right so. shoulder. Uh, well, you know, you can send you can it send yours me. through Bob. Nah, I, I don't know about that. Like. You yeah. take money orders. Yeah. How about checks? Yeah. How about that? How about a couple of checks from me and Merkins? Would you take nameless that? checks? Like, Just yeah, I'll do that. Post dated. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be more. It'll be more than what's on my uh, my pay stub here. So it, it'll be good. Am so. I wrong or is? Uh, is this the establishment that has the uh, Stump Taylor Shrine on the wall? I don't know. Hmm. I haven't been there before. I'm excited to eat yeah. the food, and but if there there there's one out there, I mean, yeah, have we verified that there is yeah, some place. Yeah, I've been I've been told there is. Uh, that's that's actually uh, Todd Elsey is one of our sales reps, and Fourth uh, Street is is his client. So I assume that means he's buying lunch for everybody tomorrow. Oh, good point. Is that the way it works, Michael? Yeah, and Dalton's producing, so uh, I guess so, I will be yeah, there. Yeah, so Luke. Michael can come. In fact, yeah. I, I think it would be good for Michael to come in case we run into any technical issues. Actually, that is a good idea. <laughs> I will be there. All right, good. We'll be right back. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Appreciate Patrick McGee joining us from the Bloxy Sun Herald as well as former Southern Miss pitcher Mike Cashin. Fourth segment, Eagle Hour, brought to you every day by Carter's Jewelry, located in Petal, Mississippi. Stop by and see them or check them out. Facebook, Instagram, or Carter's Jewelry.com. 
Com. Bob, Luke, and Michael from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and uh, Laurel softball with a uh, really nice uh, win last night. They uh, shut out Southern University 11-0 in five innings. Bailey Springfield impl- improves to 3-0 and on the year, lowers her ERA to 1.08 as she goes five innings, shuts out uh, the Lady Jaguars, gives up three hits. Uh, Lady Eagles and Coach Hogue headed, uh, I think, to Tuscaloosa. That's uh, right. Tomorrow they will. Yeah, they'll take on St. Francis, Alabama, and Michigan State. Also, Bob, you need to know that uh, are we, were you a baseball card guy growing up? I like sure to... was. And yeah, go ahead and let people know about this. That's pretty cool, I think. Yeah, starting this uh, weekend. Six weekend home series this spring, Southern Miss will be giving out trading cards of players and coaches to the first 300 fans each date in attendance at the Pete Taylor Park. So basically, every Sunday from March the 3rd to May the 5th, Gonzaga, Holy Cross, Old Dominion, Marshall, Charlotte, FAU, you will uh, they will be giving the first 300 fans six different card sets. So there's seven individuals in the baseball program that will be featured on these. We don't know who they are, but pretty cool um, for kids uh, maybe starting their uh, baseball collection to have some Southern Miss guys, too. That's a really neat promotion. I have a bet of who one is going to be. Walner? Uh, w- w- would you think? You, you may give you my six yeah, give, or my seven. Yeah, go ahead. Walner Slater, Powers Powell. Gidry. Cooper. Mm, two more. Storm Cooper. Possibly Storm. I bet Gabe's on there. He's your leadoff yeah, hitter. Yeah, Montenegro. And, and one, on one more pitcher. Um, maybe Mason Strickland. Could be. Could be. Interesting, though, and uh, I think it's kind of a cool promotion. You see some new marketing ideas coming out of the university. There's obviously some new marketing personnel there. And uh, so kudos to them. They're trying to think out of the box a little bit and do some different things. And uh, I think that's a positive. Should point out that uh, the softball team, Luke, is 9-5. and five. They're off to a pretty good start. I think this is a better team than what she had last year. Got some pitching. Abby Trahan and Bailey Springfield uh, coming in. Pap had a really good time at the plate the other night. You talk about uh, Summerlin, who, who transferred from Georgia. Coach Hogue's got some key pieces, but pitching's going to be the key if Trahan and Springfield can can keep going. You look at where they are now. McKenna Pierce is, has a 1-6 ERA. Springfield just over 1, and uh, Trahan's right at a 2.4. I think Abby's going to be better than that going down the stretch. And Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really good this weekend to see how they uh, measure up against Bama and Michigan State and some of those, but uh, it's exciting to watch. It's official. Michael is coming to your birthday luncheon tomorrow. Uh, And, Michael, you want to give us a weekend weather forecast? Is baseball in any danger? It's going to rain. No, Michael. Yeah. Seriously. Yep. No. 50-50 Saturday and a washout on Sunday with 80% chance of showers, possibly some uh, bad thunderstorms, possibly. What about tomorrow Tomorrow? night? Tomorrow? That's a 40% chance of showers, possibly some thunderstorms developing late that get a run through into saturday so we're looking maybe for a double header saturday possibly yeah sunday's looking not at gonna sunday, happen yeah and it's gonna start cooling off too by tuesday i know everyone was excited about mardi gras being in mm-hmm. early march because mm-hmm. the weather is great for all the parades nope it's gonna be cold getting down to 29 monday night really yeah Ooh. so you're saying we could have a rain out this weekend come on yeah, this is not this is not what possible. well they were also calling for a rain out last week hey that's right and it? look what happened 
Yeah. Just look outside. Kind of wish they'd have rained out that Saturday game, but that's just my way of thinking. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Those are where you can see the po- hear the mm-hmm. podcast now. And right? Stitcher for now, apparently they've got some issues going on internally. Mm-hmm. We just saw that news story. But iTunes is the big one right now. So you can download this into your phone and you can hear phone, us. Phone, iPod. Hear us anytime you want to. Yep. And don't you know there are millions of people that just want to hear this show over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I know I do. Hey, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I already hey, do in my head I'm, at I'm not, night while I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> yes. Not not trying to uh not trying to parse languages or, or or sentences, but I'm going back to this baseball trading card. Right. Article it says the six different card sets which make up seven individuals within the baseball program. So oh, we wow. may have oh, a, a Jack Duggan card. We may have a, a Colin Cargill card. Maybe a maybe a Chad Kaye workout card. Yeah, well, you know, there, Brian. You know, if if BA has one, is it Brian Anthony or is it? It, BA would, ha- it would have to be a collector. Is it Brian Anthony? And if I find a Jack Duggan card, I'm saving it. Who knows what that could be worth Get ten years signed. from now? I get an autograph. Yeah. Is it? It, it could be. Is my it the? Is it the? Is it the retro left-hander pitching? Is it him uh, calling the press box, or is it him catching uh, the, the ball down in two lanes? It's got to be. It's got to be with the burger in one hand and the <laughs> drink in the other hand and catching the no the burger in his mouth and catching the ball. Should we do our own it's, series it's of cards and, and just make we our own versions? Yeah. We should do that. The Eagle Hour yes. baseball yeah. card. If collection. you're listening, Jack, uh, be sure you save us one of those old left-hander cards, please. It's the least you could do. We'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock live. From 4th Street Bar and Grill. We're really looking forward to that. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.